Well, today, uh, I'm uh, just, there's been so much, um, you know, interest and maybe a little speculation on a question that I, I hear coming up more and more, not just uh, posed to me or addressed to me, the question, but people just kind of in conversation with each other, I hear it, uh, asking a question, you know, are, are we living in the last days? Are the days in which you and I live the... <clears throat> Days that we have heard about, like maybe uh, I have heard about all my life, are we living in the last days? And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a thought, you know, there's so much change is happening. Uh, you know, we think globally, you know, this, we've been working through this pandemic, you know, from two weeks to flatten the curve to 18 months later, <laughs> we're, uh, we're still dealing with this. And like I said, as we, in our prayer um, just a moment ago, uh, we're, we're dealing with it more than ever. Uh, we have more cases in, in our state than we've ever had. And uh, so, you know, we, we see global issues like this. You know, they tell us uh, the big concern is, is climate change. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really have too much argument with that. I've seen, you know, our, our own climate in Alaska change. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Some parts of Alaska got the first snow this past week, right? And I remember as a kid, that was a regular occurrence in September. You know, we got our first snow in September. And that was just what happened. And uh, often it didn't stay, didn't, you know, just uh, maybe it melted off uh, days afterwards. But, but we always received our first snow in, in, uh, in September. And now, you know, I've experienced in, in Alaska, sometimes our first snow hasn't come until December. And, uh, you know, so we, we see changes like that and we don't have any problem. What I, what I do take issue with is uh, I don't think the government uh, taking away all of our money is going to change that, you know. I don't think that that's, uh, that's the solution to that. But um, as far as like some change in our climate, yeah, I don't have much argument with that. But, but we see all these things happening and it just, you know, maybe we have lived in a, a very wonderful space of time, period of time, you know, where there's always been concerns, there's always been issues, I suppose. But, but maybe uh, just the rapidity and the depth of the change that we are now experiencing in life, you know, we, we feel maybe a little uncertain. Uh, what days are we living in? Are these possibly the last days? And we hear a lot of uh, speculation about that. Uh, I have a follow-up question to that question, you know, are, are these the last days? And my follow-up question is this, would it make any difference in your life if it were, okay? Would it make any difference in your life if these were the last days? Um, you know, we should be living as Christians, as believers, as people who are uh, ardently waiting and seeking the return of the Lord. And, uh, and so, you know, some announcement that, okay, we are now living in the last days, uh, should not evoke big changes because we should have been living this way all of the time and uh, living for the Lord, living uh, with that faith and expectation in our own hearts. Um, so, you know, if you're waiting for some knowledge that the last days has officially begun or to, to live in a way that, you, you know, you won't miss the rapture, you won't, you know, take the mark of the beast or, or any of that, you know, if, if, that's, if that's what you're waiting for, you've missed the point of the gospel. <laughs> the gospel, the good news is this, is that we can live every day as if Jesus were returning today. And that is liberating, that is freeing, and, uh, and so full of faith and hope uh, that we ought to be living that way. Don't be waiting to somehow switch gears or 
or uh, you know, start living in some way that you know you should because somebody announces, hey, these are the last days, all right? So we should uh, look at Scripture today, and uh, let's see what they have to say in order to answer the question of whether or not we might be living in the last days. There's so many Scriptures, and, and uh, hopefully you know, you're taking notes or you've got your Bible open or something, because we're going to look at lots of Scriptures today and uh, just see what they have to say about the times in which you and I are living in today. And uh, we'll start. There's so many. There's so many I had to leave out. Love to just continue to survey Scriptures from, from the Bible, but... Uh, we'll start at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. It says, now, referencing the Old Testament here, Paul is writing to Corinthian believers, referencing the Old Testament. All these things that happened to, to them as examples, and he's referencing the Old Testament here. And they were written for our admonition, or our warning, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. What would Paul just tell us? He said that we have these scriptures for our warning upon whom the end of the ages has come. What does that sound like? Okay, well, let's go to the writer of Hebrews in chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2. The writer of Hebrews has this to say, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the worlds. In these last days, the writer of Hebrews, he has spoken to us in these last days. First Peter chapter 1 verses 18 through 20. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed has foreordained before you the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So here we have Corinthians who says, upon whom the end of the ages has come. And uh, the writer of Hebrews, in these last days, and Peter now is writing, in these last times for you. These letters were written largely on around uh, the first century, AD. And, uh, and the writers of the scriptures identified that, th- yes, these are the last days. So I can answer the question today um, with certainty. Um, it's very clear. There's no doubt to answer the original question. Yes, we are living in the last days, <laughs> all right? And we have been all of our lives. And, uh, and, I, and I want to encourage us is that it should make no change in, except for the positive. Now, if you, you've been waiting for this announcement, here it is. You got it, okay? Yes, we are living in the last days. So if you haven't been living for the Lord, you better do it now, Okay. So the important thing is we realize that God has a master plan. And it was prophesied from the first book of the Bible, Genesis, that uh, that Satan, the serpent, would strike the heel of the Redeemer, but the Redeemer would crush his head, (laughs) okay? And where these last days began was at the cross. When Jesus gave his body, shed his blood for our sin on the cross, those were the last days. And we have been living in the last days ever since. And uh, I don't know what kind of feeling that evokes in you. Um, you know, I, I pray we're certainly, you know, feeling some uh, hope and joy in that. Um, you know, it's like uh, if you're on a long car ride, you know, and what do the kids ask, you know, from the back seat, you know? Are we there yet? Right? Are we there yet? When are we going to get there? Well, I tell you what, we're in the back seat and we're asking Jesus, are we there yet? You know? And the answer is almost. <laughs> 
almost, we're almost there. And uh, where he will come and return for his church. And, and uh, I pray that that doesn't evoke fear in you in some way. Uh, but we are in the closing days of time. So let's, let's just kind of survey some more scripture and see what God has to say uh, to us from, from the word. Um, and uh, one thing that I think will help us understand why the writers of scripture have declared these, in fact, because these are, in fact, the last days. Uh, not because they were mistaken or confused. I've, and I've heard that uh, explanation before and say, you know, we are, you know, here in, in the, upon whom the, the end of the age has come, uh, that they were confused. That they thought, well, Jesus was coming back right away. And so they thought it was the last days, but you know, it's been almost 2000 years since then. And so obviously they were confused. No, no, they weren't confused at all. They knew exactly the time in which they lived. And uh, it was revealed by the Holy Spirit that, in fact, those were the last days. And, and when Jesus hung on the cross and died and shed his blood and was, and was uh, buried in, in the tomb and rose again, that ushered in the last days. And we have been living there ever since. And we'll look at some more scripture that will substantiate this. Um, but uh, they were not mistaken. They were not confused. And since the triumph of Jesus over death, over sin, over the grave, uh, there's been put into play two great master plans. Uh, God's master plan, which will prevail, is to redeem all of mankind. And uh, we believe that, that uh, we, are, we are close to that uh, becoming a reality. Uh, there's a counterfeit uh, master plan, and that is uh, from Satan himself. And that is to enslave and to bring into bondage all of mankind to destroy their lives. You know, Jesus uh, said uh, that uh, the thief doesn't uh, come except to kill, steal, and to destroy. And, uh, and that is his agenda. That is his plan. He wants to make all of us slaves to sin. He wants all of us to end our lives without hope, without faith, and uh, to miss the promise of eternal life. And so those two competing plans are, are more and more uh, rounding the, the final bend on the same track and will, and will collide uh, head on with each other and Jesus will prevail. So let's, again, just look at some more scripture here. Second Peter, if you want to find that in your Bible. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. This is this is what is causing us to wait. This is what uh, we are waiting for to happen before Jesus returns for us. Second uh, Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. So when we yell from the backseat of the car, Are we there yet? And he says, Almost. It's not because he's purposely delaying it, but this is why. It says, you know, he's not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay? So that's why we linger. That's why we wait. And you know, there are people in this room who did not know Jesus very long ago. Now, I've known Jesus for most of my 62 years, you know, where that line is, I, I couldn't tell you exactly, but I do remember praying with my father at the altar at nine years of age and accepting Christ into my heart and really making sense and taking root in my own heart, my own life. And, and uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Jesus could have come right then because I was saved and I'd have gone to heaven, right? But you know what? He was waiting for some of you. He was waiting for some of you who don't know Jesus, didn't know Jesus when I knew Jesus. But he was waiting for you. And you've come to know him as your Savior and Lord. As far as we're concerned, hey, we're ready. Let's go. But you know what? He's still waiting. 
Not everyone is ready to know Jesus. Not everyone is ready for eternal life. And so he lingers. So he is waiting. He's not slack as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. He's waiting, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then Jesus himself in Matthew 24, verse 14, has this to say. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So we're sailing down that that, uh, timeline towards the day where every person will have heard a presentation of the gospel and will have had the opportunity to know Jesus or to reject Jesus. And when that day comes, Jesus tells us plainly, then the end will come. His long-suffering and his patience will uh, be complete, and then the end will come, and we will see Jesus. So if you, uh, if you want this to happen, if you want to see Jesus, you want to see Jesus return for his church, for every believer, I tell you what, <coughs> up your mission support, okay? All right, so we get more missionaries out there on the field. We're sending uh, send Ashley out here pretty quick uh, to, uh, to Senegal. And uh, we're excited about that. But if you want to up your mission support, we can send more missionaries, okay? Say amen to that. Yeah, okay. All right. That was sort of half-hearted, but you know. Um, <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> so we know when, when Jesus will return, uh, and that is when the entire world has been reached with the gospel. Now, as I said, on On Satan's side, his master plan is to enslave and to bring all men into bondage to sin and prevent them from coming to eternal life. So those two competing plans are in play. Since the cross and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, this plan has been in place. 2 Thessalonians has this to say. Um, Paul writes to the the believers in uh, Thessalonica, um, 2 Thessalonians 2.7. Paul calls it It says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now, Paul wrote this around the first century, so it's 1,900 years ago. And he says, even at that time, this mystery of lawlessness. So what is this mystery of lawlessness? Well, when the Bible speaks uh, about mysteries, it's not something that's so much unknown, but uh, it uh, it kind of refers to it being false. Okay, so here's this false master plan, the mystery of lawlessness. The false master plan of Satan is already at work. So what does that tell us? Is that there is, there is someone also out there competing for our souls, which is our enemy, which is the devil, which is Satan, and he wants to prevent us from inheriting eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. There will be a day where the restraining power that prohibits this this false plan uh, from the enemy from from taking over will uh, will be taken out of the picture and we'll have more to say that's a great that's a great passage to unpack there and we don't have time to do that uh, maybe we'll we will in uh, subsequent uh, messages here in the future but but uh, the point is this is that the mystery of lawlessness is is at work and it has been at work for a very long time from generation 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 trying to uh, compete with the master plan of God to bring all men into a place of repentance revelation chapter 12 and verse 12 as John the revelator uh, hears this and, and writes this what he hears in heaven he says therefore rejoice O heaven 
heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to you, inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has a short time. Okay? So we see an intensity in, in, uh, right now uh, like never before. There's, there's more things happening uh, in our world uh, than, you know, and I, I'm not really qualified to, to talk about or, or uh, understand them uh, so much, but, you know, we, we see the rise of China, uh, atheistic, uh, godless nation, uh, rise of China. We see the decline of America. Uh, right now, we are in a very low spot in our history uh, on the world stage like never before. It's, it's emboldening our enemies. Uh, Russia also is uh, kind of waiting uh, opportunistically to uh, take uh, what they can take, and uh, there's never been more uncertainty. In, in my lifetime, now there's been plenty of times that are uncertain, but in my lifetime, we are really hanging in the balance. And, uh, and so we see that uh, the intensity of these two plans is, is coming to pass. And as we approach the conclusion of our age, these two master plans will intensify more and more. And we'll see the earth display greater and greater signs. So we see things in the geopolitical sense and certainly the economic sense, you know, the rise of a cashless society and, and things that the Bible has prophesied and talked about, we, we read, are coming to pass, you know. Uh, I don't know how it was uh, many years ago, you know, when they're talking about the cashless society and, and uh, you know, we just thought, how in the world would that ever work? You know, how would we uh, keep track of our money and, and all of that, you know, what about nickels, dimes, and quarters, and, and you know, what are we going to do for BGMC when they take away all our pennies and nickels, right? And, uh, you know, dollars and, and such things. But now, you know, the rise of Bitcoin and, and uh, cryptocurrencies. And, and this, is a, this is a great uh, debate on the world stage, but we see how this could happen. And, and uh, you know, talk about uh, vaccine passports and sort of how are they going to know? You know, there's already been uh, big cases where they have uh, uncovered uh, counterfeit uh, vaccine passports. You know, people are buying under the table and... And, uh, you know, we see where, you know, this is all setting up and it will be necessary, it will be necessary for the, the beast system to come into play. Uh, and uh, we will each carry a mark and a marker uh, in us that will tell us from our bank accounts to our vaccine status to everything else about our lives uh, in our hand or our forehead. And, and we see that all for, for, uh, foretold in the scripture. So, you know, we see the, these things just mounting and, and the pressure building. Uh, Satan has a short time and we see all this intensifying. Jesus had this to say in, in Luke chapter 21, verse 11. He said, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. Pestilences is an interesting uh, thing to include there. Not only does that mean, you know, the creepy crawly animals, you know, or bugs, uh, if you will, that, that uh, you know, cause us all kinds of concern, uh, but uh, things like viruses uh, would fall into that category. Um, earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there would be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. And uh, certainly we see, you know, current events pointing uh, in this direction. Paul wrote to the Romans in uh, Romans chapter 8 and characterized it not only just in the, you know, whereas Jesus is talking about this in kind of the physical sense, you know, there's going to be earthquakes and famines and pestilences and signs in the sky, this kind of in the physical sense. Uh, 
Paul writes to the Romans in the eighth chapter in the spiritual sense of these same things. Uh, Romans uh, 8.22 says this, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. What, is, what does that mean? The whole creation. What is the whole creation? Well, it's the world in which we live. It's what God created. And it's giving us a sign. It's pointing the direction that, yes, we are living at the end of time. We are living at the end of the age. And uh, we, have, uh, we don't have a, a lot of time. And, and how is the creation letting us know, know this? With groans and labors and birth pangs, which Jesus himself had just described there in uh, Luke chapter 21. And every time the earth quakes and every time there's a famine and a pestilence and all that, it's pointing in this direction. And uh, we would do well to uh, be wise to that. So we understand and interpret the events and demonstrations that happens as events that are leading up to what the Bible calls the day of the Lord. So when we have earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and fearful sights and pestilences, hang on, because Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 7, but when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen, but the end is not yet. Remember that he is not willing that any should perish? Do you remember that his slackness is not as men count slackness, but he's long-suffering and patient so that all may come to repentance. You want Jesus to come? Lead your neighbor to the Lord. <laughs> Tell him about the ABCs of salvation. <laughs> and and uh, we'll see Jesus come. We live in the last days, but the end is not yet. We're not here to set time frames or, you know, anything like that. We're, if we set any time frames, we would be wrong. But uh, we, uh, we believe that uh, our, our redemption draws nigh. That's what the Bible says. Hey, don't look around to all the things that we see you know, that trouble us, but lift up our heads because our redemption draws nigh. We're looking for Jesus uh, to come and come for his church. So if we live in the last days, the end's not yet. What are we to do in the meantime? I think this is the point of application for us here. So uh, I, would, I would say absolutely we do live in the end times, okay? So there's no question about that. Uh, I don't want you to go away without that question firmly in your mind. Yes, we are living in the last days. Um, so what do we do in the meantime? Number one is this. Uh, every time I have read through the scriptures, I be, in, after having read through the scriptures many times, I began to notice something, especially when it came to these passages where either Jesus is um, you know, telling us and describing things and events that will happen in the last days, or, or whether one of the apostles, Peter or, or Paul or John, are describing events that are to happen, and uh, some of them are, are just amazing to, to try to uh, interpret and, and wonder what uh, exactly you know, they're, they're pointing to. Uh, but coupled with that, in every passage, every single one, you will find how we are to live. So if the earth is, is coming to an end, if we're coming to the age, this is how we are to live in light of that. And, uh, and it's so consistent, and, uh, and it all amounts to this, is that we are to live a holy life, all right? We are to avoid sin, we are to not allow our love for God to lessen or grow cold or be extinguished. Second Peter chapter 3, and I would just encourage you if you're making some kind of notes, just, just read the entire chapter of uh, 
First Peter chapter three, um, or Second Peter chapter three. My my apology there. Second Peter chapter three, because he's describing how the earth will come to an end, and it will be with great fire. You know, uh, evolutionary theorists say that uh, Earth began with what a big bang. Well, I tell you what, that's how it's going to end. Okay, <laughs> the Earth, you know, they say began with a great bang. Uh, but that is how it's going to end. And, and Peter, there in chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, tells uh, how and describes that. And he, and he says that, you know, that the elements are going to uh, melt with a fervent heat. And all the works that are in the world will be burned up, and the elements, the very elements to which the world is made, will melt in fervent heat. So in light of that, in light of that, he, 2 Peter 3, 11 says this, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So if you're waiting for an announcement for the last days, this is how we should live. Now, we should have been living this way all the time, right? <laughs> but we are called to live in holy conduct. That means to, to avoid and to eschew uh, worldly practice and things that lessen our love for God, things that distract us from from the things of God, things that pull us away from, from digging into the Word of God and, and knowing uh, the Word of God. Um, we are to uh, live in holy conduct with godliness. Now, we're, we're war more, we are warned many times that in the last days, instead of believers getting more and more focused on the coming of the Lord, you know, and all these signs begin to happen, you know, we think, wow, all of this is adding up. We must be living in the last days. We see this happening and this happening is foretold and prophesied in Scripture. And we see uh, this march uh, continuing. We should probably really, you know, make sure that we are ready to meet the Lord. Instead of that happening, Jesus himself uh, prophesied that, that uh, our love for God would grow cold. Jesus said... Um, in uh, Matthew 24, 25, uh, he said, because lawlessness will increase, remember that, that mystery of lawlessness is already at work, remember that? Jesus also said, because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. So instead of it sharpening our focus, instead of it keeping our attention on, on what's important and the priority of living uh, a holy life in, in all godliness, instead it will cause our love for God to grow cold. And, and we have to fight against that tendency. Um, and also that the cares of this life and the pursuit of distractions, Jesus said, like in the days of Noah, just before the flood came and took them all away, that they were living uh, carefree lives. They were, you know, uh, carousing and marrying and giving in marriage and just kind of distracted from what was about to happen to them. And uh, all of that caused them to forget about God and that flood came and the scripture says and took them all away. So here we are. We are we're in those days, Jesus said, be like the days of Noah, the impending destruction of the world and, and uh, so many will will be distracted and called away from, uh, instead of their attention being on the things of God. Many, uh, like the five foolish virgins, now Jesus gave this illustration in Scripture that uh, the coming of the Lord, he called it the bridegroom, will, is imminent, it happened. There were ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish, five were prepared and ready, and when the, and the shout of the bridegroom came, and, and it was indicating that, that the bridegroom was coming, they were prepared, and their lamps were trimmed, and they had oil for their lamps and burning and they were ready to go when the bridegroom came and 
and the, the five foolish ones had not prepared. They, they weren't ready, and uh, they left to find oil for their lamps. And, and when they came to the, the place where the bridegroom had gone on with those who were invited, they were shut out because they had missed their opportunity. And, uh, and that will be the picture that we see at the end of the age. And uh, so many will be unprepared uh, when Jesus comes for his church. So living a holy life is not something we should wait for the last days. But since we've announced it, yes, we are living in the last days, okay? And you haven't been living that way. We encourage you, coming to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Get to be in relationship with him. Let, repent of your sin and begin to live as, as Jesus would direct you. And, and uh, we uh, should live that way every single day. Uh, second point, the, the first point is to live a holy life. Number two is this, is to know the scriptures. Because I tell you, there's going to be um, probably uh, times where we wonder what to do. Who's telling the truth? That's hard enough to discern now, isn't it? You know, or, you know we hear so many different things. We hear so many people talk. Uh, we hear reports of this and that, and we wonder who's telling the truth. Is this true? Somebody's saying the exact opposite. Uh, what, uh, what are they, uh, you know, are, is what they're saying true or not? And we just wonder how in the world are we supposed to discern what the truth is? Well, let me, let me uh, tell you, uh, there's no surprise to you, I say this all the time, is you need to know the scriptures. <laughs> you need to know the word of God. And you need to know it, not me, and tell you what it means. You need to know it. And, uh, and so we encourage you, you know, that's why we, we uh, tell you that, uh, you know, we have Bible reading uh, plans, you know, available in the back. We encourage you to take one and just start reading. I don't, I do not care. Start reading at the New Testament. You don't have, you know, I, I read, you know, in Genesis and I read the Revelation every year. Um, if you want to start at the New Testament, hey, that is great. Just start. <laughs> just do it and do it every day. Amen. And, uh, and, and keep doing that. And, uh, you know, whether it takes you a year or more, uh, that doesn't matter. The point is that you need to be in the Word of God. You need to know the Scriptures for yourself. And, uh, and that's uh, what uh, is so important. There's a there's great principle in telling, you know, what is a genuine article and what is the counterfeit. Now, we hear the word counterfeit. You know, we often think of, you know, counterfeit money. Uh, people that try to pass, uh, you know, uh, United States uh, federal government uh, bills as, as genuine that are, that are fake, that are false. And, you know, the sophistication of these things is growing by the day, and it's more and more of a challenge. Uh, but, you know, when the FBI trains its agents in the spotting of counterfeit money, they don't show them one counterfeit bill. That's, that's not the point. They don't teach them about the ways that people uh, counterfeit money. What they teach them is all about the genuine, okay? So they'll teach them, you know, their microscopic marks on on uh, genuine U.S., you know, treasury bills. And, uh, you know, if, if, the, if the money has this mark on it, it's genuine. If it's missing that mark, it's counterfeit. And, and so on and so forth. There are things that they look for because they know that genuine so well, a counterfeit will, will jump right out, okay? And that's, that's why we need to be in the Word of God because the Word of God is the truth. And we need to know it. We need to study it. We need to recognize it. And when we hear competing claims with it, we think, wait a minute, wait 
wait a minute, that does not line up with this. And then we, we will know. We'll know how to navigate. And that's why we encourage you, be in the Word of God. Know your scriptures. I was really blessed uh, just before service this morning. I was talking to an individual, uh, mother with uh, littles, uh, preschool children in her home still. And she said, yeah. She says, I've been reading my Bible. I've read it through four times now. And you just need to let everybody know that you can read the Bible through even if you have littles at home. <laughs> and I say, praise God. Awesome. And, uh, and we need to know all of that because when the, when the counterfeit, when the fake, when the untrue uh, makes itself present, we can say, you know what? That does not line up with the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.15, Paul wrote to Timothy, young pastor, and he said something very important. He says, that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And you can know the Holy Scriptures that can make you wise for salvation through faith Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask our worship team to be ready to close our service in just a moment with a final song today. But I want to, I want to ask you, are you ready to meet the Lord? I, I hope this has not been scare tactics today. Um, it's, we pray, is presented as close as we can to the truth and that uh, we are living in the last days and it, it are, these are days that we should be prepared for the coming of the Lord. And should you not know Jesus Christ today, this is an opportunity for you. Would you just bow your heads today? And you can pray this prayer. You want to invite Jesus into your heart today. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I know I am. I have done things wrong. I have not told the truth. I have broken promises. I have hurt others. And I realize I am a sinner. But I ask you today, would you forgive me of my sin? There are too many that I don't even remember. But the weight of it, I still feel. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart today. And teach me a new way of living. One that is in the truth. One that is in the Word of God. So that I and have the hope of eternal life. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you rose from the grave. And I confess you now as my Savior and Lord, Jesus. So come into my heart. Help me take over my life. Lead me in the path of righteousness that I can live that holy and godly life in light of your coming. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.